So this is future Eli here. Um, I made an executive decision that this is actually going to be episode one, not episode two. So episode one will air next week as episode two. So hopefully that's not confusing. But here we go. Let's get into this great episode. Welcome back to another episode of Controversial. This is episode number two. Um, my name is Elijah Owens. I'm your host. This is my co-host, Noah Harrell. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. And today's guest is Hello. Sam Sigalski. Yeah. Hello, guys. So glad to be up here. Be I'm so glad to be with Noah Harrell and Eli, uh, guys. Two great men right here. Oh, yep. yeah. Love, this guy. Love them. You're Love a great them. man yourself, Sam. Love them like brothers. <laughs> like brothers. Too, All right, let's get into this episode. First question of the day is, why aren't we saved by works? Sam, you want to get us started in this? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> why aren't we saved by works? Because we're all imperfect per- people. I mean, you you just can't argue that. If if you're a Christian, you know that we are imperfect, that we are not saved through works because of how broken we are and because of sin. Because sin started back with Adam of e- and Eve. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also points to somewhere in the Bible where it says we're not, it's like Ephesians 8, or Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says we're not saved by works, but we're saved by grace, so that we yeah. can't boast in our works and be like, I just donated $10,000 to speak the light, or, you know, I go Beast. to every church event and help out, but we're saved by the grace of God, because, yeah. you know, yeah. all of us... Works goes along with grace, but grace is what saves us. And there are also some things, too. Grace, um, it's it's more the God's, well, grace, you can have grace for other people. But what I'm going to say by grace is God's grace. God's grace yeah. is so big of a magnitude that it can just cover a multitude of sins. That's what it says in the Bible. It says grace can covers a multitude of sins. And it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. That would bring us into our next question. Okay. Are we truly saved by grace? So this means are we true are we truly saved by grace alone? So I also think that though we're saved by grace, even though we're not saved by works, we're saved by grace, that if God God has shown us grace so that we're saved, that we have to use our salvation to have good works. Because we need to if we love God and we're saved, then we want to do good works for God. We're not saved by, you know, giving money and offering or paying tithes. But when we're saved and, you know, we want to we want to do those things. We want to do good works for God. Yeah. I mean, because the reason why we have grace is because God loved us first. We God loved us from the very beginning. And once we sinned, it kind of broke a bridge between us. But through his grace and through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, on, on the cross for us, we have a chance to now live with him eternally if you uh, believe that he exists. Yeah. And and his grace is just, like, again, it's sufficient. Yeah. And it, it can, um, and that's why we have grace. That's why we're saved through grace. Yeah. Um. What I think the coolest fact is, you know, we know people that have been like really bad drug addicts, you know, and eventually they flipped and all those sins can be forgiven by grace. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect from, you know, by the time you're born to the time you die and if you go to heaven. So I think this would yeah. bring us to our next question. What is grace? And like <laughs> you just pointed to, Eli, we know yeah. people that have suffered from addiction, weren't living good lives, 
But the thing about grace is it doesn't matter like what we've done in the past. Grace is like what you're saved no matter what you've done in your past, as long as you come to God and accept grace. Because grace is just grace doesn't mean that everyone is saved, but it means if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that you know God is real and you come to God and accept his grace, because grace is offered to everyone. Grace is not yeah. just like, it goes out to the works again. It's just like, yeah. if you do these good things, and I'll let you have grace. Grace is offered to anyone. It's, it's Yeah, it's good to d- define the word grace, because yeah. some people, it can also be misunderstood. Uh, it, it, can be mis- it can be misunderstood in a couple of ways. Um, like, I, someone, I did something bad, and you can just think, Hey, grace is someone forgiving me on the spot. No, that's not what grace is. The person has to give have have grace for you. You can't yeah. you can't make them have grace for you. That's that's a big difference. Another thing about grace is, I think that you there a lot of people will abuse grace because I've from personal experience I've known people that have done some bad stuff, and I've kind of like called them out for it and be like, hey, you you can't be doing that. And they're like, well, it's okay because God will forgive me so I can do this. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah he will. But if you're intentionally doing that and intentionally sinning, yeah. then you're really not living in God's grace. You're kind of like just abusing it and taking it out of proportion. Yeah, there's a certain line. There's a line yeah. drawn in the sand where you can use grace. Yeah. Because just because you, ha- God, you have God's grace, that does not mean that you can do whatever. Whatever you want, that is, that is no. That that's no, just alcohol. They shouldn't be used as a get out of jail free card. <laughs> I feel like grace is monopoly. Yeah. yeah, I feel like grace is almost living in God's grace is a lifestyle because like you know you have grace and you know that's how you're saved. Oh, yeah. But I also feel like knowing that grace is what saves us could also hurt us because knowing that we're being forgiven no matter what we've done, it could be like. Oh well, I mean, I know God will forgive me, so I'm gonna go do this, and then I'll ask for forgiveness when I'm done. It, grace is kind of a tool to help you with your Christianity. You start off in the day, and you have this kind of this mental block in your head. You're just thinking, I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know where I am with God. But then you remember yeah. that God gave you grace, and you can always. Remember to repent of your sins and that he'll always forgive you because grace doesn't stop there with God. You don't stop short with grace. Yeah. Because if you sin, people, uh, some people will think, hey, I sin. I don't know what to do. I, I've been sinning all my life. How can God forgive me of this? God's grace is sufficient. And what I know is that if you repent to him, he will, he can just yeah. redeem you hey, from before, your sins. Before we roll into the uh, next questions, and I kind of like something you just said. You said people don't know where they're at with their, you know, where they're at with God. And I feel like that's a common thing that can be with Christianity because, you know, you know, may not be reading your Bible every day, maybe reading it every other day, maybe reading it, you know, once a night. But I feel like that's one of the hard things about being a Christian is you don't know where your relationship can stand sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Anybody, anybody got a opinion on that one? I would think... Like not knowing where your relationship stands, that would if you don't know where your relationship stands with God, then you probably don't have a very healthy relationship with God. Yeah, probably means you're not spending enough yeah. time in prayer. You're not spending enough time in your Word. You're probably spending a lot of time in the world because the world wants to lie to us, and the world wants to tell us that 
God's grace won't save us if we keep messing up. The world wants to be like, well, you keep messing up, so I guess God's grace really doesn't do anything for you if you keep stumbling. Yeah, yeah. but that can also be considered a spiritual trial. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's kind of, and leading to uh, one question about why do bad things happen to yeah. good people, it, it can sometimes be a hard trial for people. And as we can see that in the book of Job. Yeah. Because Job was tried because uh, he was just trialed. He went through this whole, he had a good life. He lived uh, fluently. He had children. He had all this. He had his family, farms. He had friends. Everything he had big. connections. He had, he had everything in the world, and he lost it because God was testing him. Yeah. And in the end, he was testing him. His friends gave up on him. His wife gave up on him. And in the end, you know what? He stood faithful to God. And he got back twice, double the amount of everything he had once. And yeah. that's... And well, so it's like Abraham. Yeah, Abraham, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, Abraham's a pretty strong story in that too. I mean, it's a guy that, you know, could never have kids. You know, he tried, but, you know, there was a mess up there. But, and then when he, God did, finally gave him a kid, you know, he finally said, hey, take him up to him, top of the mountain, and be like, you got to sacrifice him to me. But it was a test, and he passed the test because he was able to put his, you know... What do you call it? He put his um, faith. Yeah, his faith in God because, you know, who wants to go kill their one and only son? You know, after you just waited, you know, what was he like ninety something before he had a kid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you can look at a lot of different stories in the Bible and see how people will be tested. And not, it's not as clear as those two, but you can see like in the story of Gideon, he had to be tested and have faith that. God made him choose a way less amount of soldiers oh. than he thought was suited yeah. to yeah, go yeah. attack him. I mean, and well, also with David, marching like, look around at the, the walls. life of David, he was tested a lot and trialed a lot early on before he became king. Yeah, yeah. you could you could also say the marching around the walls. You know, yeah, you know that took a lot of trust you know, just to you know, walk around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I also want to talk about the lady. Um, she uh, what was the one that? Oh crap! She got like, grabbed. Jesus' robe. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the woman uh, at the well. The, it was disabled a, lady. It was a disabled like, lady. Internal bleeding. In yeah. Her. Yeah. Label, um, Luke. I think it's the book. That's from Luke. Yeah, chapter, um, Luke. Book of Luke. See, we actually prepared this time. We got like two, three Bibles or, with no, us. No, no, no. Wait, hold up. I think it's Mark. Hold up. You can probably find yeah. it in any of You're about to look this up in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I mean, it's always good to look up stuff in the Bible, guys. Yeah. There's a lot of... Nothing wrong with that. ...stories in the four Gospels you could look at, too, and see how people were tested with faith. Yeah. Pretty much any chapter of the Bible. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So I actually found the scripture portion from... Well, not scripture portion, but the, I found the scripture about what we were just talking about with the sable lady. And it says, uh, Mark five twenty five and a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve yeah so issue of blood for twelve years that's a lot of, wow that's a lot of years guys it's a twelve a long years. time for suffering. It's like it's like some people like when they go through like cancer they like get it and then like it like goes into what remission and then they yeah. get it again yeah it says twenty six and it had suffered many th- and had suffered many things of many phys- physicians and it's been all that she had and was nothing um, bettered but rather grew worse and this is the King James version if you guys are wondering why it's a little Shaky, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in, um, 
Jesus, she came in and pressed behind and touching his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So that is faith, because she believed in Jesus to heal her. And she believed that, hey, if I just touch this guy's garment, I've heard of all this miracles he's done. I believe that if I just touch this one guy, if I can get through this crowd and touch him at least once, I know that I will be healed. And that's faith. That is faith. I do believe that is faith. I think that it's really interesting how complex it is because with grace, you also have good works. And along with that, you have faith. All of it kind of comes down to the same thing. Because, like, you have, when you have grace, you have faith. When you have faith, you have good works. And that's spiritual blessings from God. Yeah. When you have all that. And then now you have, like, Hebrews 11.1 over here that actually gives us a brief kind of description or definition of faith. Definition, there's a word. Uh, now, faith is the substance of things hooked for the evidence of things not seen. That's, again, Kimmy Strange version. Or um, now faith is confidence what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's yeah. kind of an I version, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. I mean, the author for Hebrews literally explains that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So yeah. you hope for stuff, and you believe in this one thing to be true that you don't even you don't even see. It's not it's not in our eyes, in our human eyes. We it's not even in our it's. I mean, I guess it could be around us because yeah. if we believe in God, because God's omnipresent, yeah. He's everywhere, but we can't see Him physically. Yeah. And yeah. But even though we can't see Him, I feel like we can feel Him when He's there because I feel like the, the last presence. service we had Wednesday night that was like you could feel <laughs> His presence everywhere in that place. Yeah. That was like hour and a half of just. Worship where we felt the presence of God move in that place. I think well, we sh- oh, good. You're good. Uh, we should be careful when we say we don't see God because yeah. we we say we can't we can't see him physically. We can see him moving. We can people, see right? him moving. There you go. Yeah, we we can see him moving in people, and that and that's a whole different story. Hang on, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it Stephen Hawkins that you know denied God? Stephen Hawkins, I think. What was it? Was it Stephen Hawkins? Uh, Somebody denied God, and like they got stuck in their chair or something like that. Oh yeah, the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, <laughs> or like something, something like that. Scientist, uh, astrologist. Yeah, he was, yeah, he, he like said there was no God. Basically, he believed in the Big Bang Theory. I think, and I might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. And, and honestly, if you think about it, the Big Bang Theory could be true. Good. If you think about it, because they say this big substance was taken and had just blown blown up and created everything after that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know where that came from, and it could be from God. God probably could have caused that. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really stopping that from being true. There's, But but we also have the Bible that says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he tells yeah. us, you know, he said, let there be light, you know. And there was light. <laughs> yeah, and it was good. Yeah. 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 So, you got any more of those topic questions, buddy? Yeah, let's, let's get another what one. you said the end was, brings you to a question I have over here. I'm trying to find it. Okay. Well, I think it was this. If God is perfect and God can do everything, then why does he let sin live? And why is sin a part of our everyday lives? Y'all have anything you want to start us off with over there? What, me? Well, I mean, we're not perfect. 
Yeah. You well, know. Why is sin still in the world? Yeah. That's because we disobeyed him the first yeah. 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 In the first place, yeah. I mean, God was like, you know, don't eat from this forbidden tree. And, you know, they did it anyways. And they were felt his temptation. But the question we all have is God could have stopped it, but God also gives us free choice, you know, free will. So, um, it's kind of to, I guess, test us, I guess. Yeah. It could have been a test. Yeah. It could have been a test. Another thing is in Genesis, it says, God said, you can do anything. You can eat from any tree. You can go anywhere, but you cannot eat from this one tree. Yeah. And since, because that is the tree of life and knowledge. And when Eve disobeyed God and ate from the fruit or whatever yeah. of the tree, yeah, that's she felt when, the temptation. Yeah, that's when sin was brought into the world. So that but, came from. So oh. sin originated from disobedience. Yeah. So how did it go though? Because I, I remember it was one of our old youth pastors. I think he was preaching one time, and he was like, this. "She gave Satan all the power because she blamed it on." She blamed it on the man, blamed it on her, and then she blamed it on the, you know, the serpent. And somehow I can't remember exactly how it went, but they gave him the power. Yeah, this right? is because this is kind of how it worked. So, Satan, I, if you guys have ever read Paradise Lost by Milton, that is such a good book because it gives you a whole different perspective of the fall of man and Adam and Eve. It's a really good book. I would I suggest you guys. Maybe in the Genesis where I saw that. You guys, yeah, you guys should probably go read that. That's a really good book. We read that this year. Um, but Paradise Lost. Um, but I like how you, in the Bible though, it also talks about this, where it says Satan was in a form of a snake or serpent in any case. And in the Milton perspective of Paradise Lost, he has it where the snake comes up and she is talking to him, and he's and he says, "You know, did God really tell you that not to eat from this fruit of the tree?" Because first of all, he questions God's authority. He questions God. Um, he just questions God what, of His word. And Eve takes it a little step further. She kind of twists God's word, and she says, "We're not even supposed to touch it." Well, that's not true. God just said, "Don't eat from it." He didn't say, "Don't touch it." So she kind of twists it, and he said, "Oh." Well, in that case, then let me go and touch it. And she touches it. And he touches it. And she's like, hey, see, you didn't die. You touched it. You're fine. And so it starts wrecking our mind. Is God just testing us? Is God trying to give us something like is there's something more to this? Yeah. So, and that's and it all start started with deceit and using that deceit. Then it started and then it took it to another place where. Of disobedience and being deceived, and then that's where all the accusations and blames came to. Um, yeah, and it just created all this chaos just because from Satan, just from this um, one disobedience, a lot of chaos came through. Yeah, so that comes out of the question: If God is perfect, then why is there sin? Well, God gave us the chance to be perfect because God told us it said. All you have to do is not do this one thing, yeah, and you will be perfect. You will walk with me. You will be flawless. Yeah. <laughs> but then it all comes down to the devil sinning yeah. and telling and getting them to sin by lying. So it's almost from the the source of all this evilness and wickedness and sin in our world is lies. I have the scripture yeah. right here. Oh, go ahead. It's Genesis 
3 is where we'll begin. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to, to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. There it is. <laughs> yep, there it is right there. You're not touching it. And then yeah. 3, 4 says, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. See, that's twisting it right there. Yeah. Because the death that God was speaking of it was, was spiritually. Was, yeah, was spiritual yeah. death to sin coming to the world. And the devil twisted the truth and lied to us by saying, you certainly won't die, because the devil knew that they wouldn't <laughs> die as they saw it. But he knew they would be spiritually dead. So that's why he did that. Then yeah. when the woman saw the... Wait, what's that? Let me see where I was at. You are on verse yeah, six. It was verse. It was verse five. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, there's more twist to the scripture right there. Deceiving, yeah. That's again, it's not true, but what he's saying in it has some truth. It says, Yeah, you won't die, but you will know good and evil. And that good and evil is knowing that sin is existent. Because they, even though sin came to the world, they knew the difference between right and wrong because of that sin. They knew sin is evil. So what he means by that is he means that they will know. He doesn't mean they will be like God. And that's why it's called the tree of yeah. knowledge of good and evil and tree of life. Yep. Yeah. And verse 6 says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. So listen to that right there. It's desirable for gaining wisdom. And also it says for pleasing to the eye. Wait, that, has anybody ever heard the uh, adults say, they'd be like, I think I think the internet is what God was talking about because, you know, it's the good fruit of good and evil. See, that's where it's... it's <laughs> has, just, wait, has anybody <laughs> ever heard the parents say that or just heard I an never adult heard that, in general that's, that's say it? I've but heard my parents say that. That's I've heard what, some adults. That's what it kind of points to sin again there. It looks pleasing to go in sin. And like the whole point of sin is like, it's like drugs, alcohol, sex, all of that. It's like, oh, Addicting. It's, it's, yeah, it's all addictions. It's satisfying. It's good. It's like, it's going to make you feel good. That it looks pleasing but it's not. The fruit looked pleasing, but it's not. See, this fruit is representing our sin, and the fruit is representing the sinful nature that we live in. Yeah. Because it looks pleasing to do all this stuff, but it's not pleasing. It's just sin. Yeah. Yeah. And what I like, um, I kind of, if you look back through history, you kind of see that it all started with one rule, and that's when God told him, "Hey, this, you got one rule: don't eat from this tree." Yeah. That's a- and then it went to ten rules. Uh, with Moses, and it said, you, you do not do, you don't, you have to obey these Ten Commandments. Those rules got broken. Uh, those rules got broken, and now we have, a, like, now in modern day, we have all these sorts of rules. Yeah. It's just scattered <laughs> everywhere. Speeding, you know. Just adding on. It's just yeah. bigger and bigger. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like in the world today. It's like, the reason they create laws is because somebody broke those laws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you know, did something where they had to do that, and that's what God was doing. He's like, okay. I didn't, I didn't steal it. I was just borrowing it. You know? Borrowing That's it. how that works. But now it's considered theft. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, fin- to finish off in the fall, I'll finish it off with, Genesis 3, 7. Then it says, Then the eyes 
of both of them were open. That's the part truth. Yeah. That's the part truth. We'll finish it off in Genesis 3, 7. It says, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So when they ate of the fruit, when this desirable fruit that the devil said wouldn't kill them, yeah, did it kill them? No, but no. it killed them spiritually. But it, yes, spiritually. It killed them yeah. Spiritually. yeah. So that's because so it set them apart from God. That's what sin so, does. Yeah, I can just see that when it says their eyes are open, I can see that it wasn't like you know they were blind and now they can see. What yeah. I see it as, their eyes were open to what the devil had just told yeah. them. They were like, "Oh my gosh, they, we surely won't die." But we're dead spiritually. They're like, you know, it's funny. I, I kind of see like, I, there's probably a movie where they done it, but I imagine them like biting into an apple and like biting the apple, like that, like it zooms in on their eyes and their pupils dilate and they just like realize what they just done and the yeah. devil's just over there in the corner, rubbing his hands. He's like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> like Eve turns around. What did you just do to me? <laughs> yeah. But what it, did you do? It's like, it's the, like a plot twist at the no, end of like a movie. It's like the uh, Thanos thing where he, like, it Thor, is like, Thanos. Snaps, snaps the fingers. Yeah. Thor's like, "What did you just do? What did you do?" But their eyes, when their eyes are open, they realize that everything the devil told them, although it didn't, it wasn't truthful. What he said kind of did happen. It's like you, you'll be as God, and you'll know the difference between good and evil. Well, when as soon as they've been to the fruit. They knew what they did, did was wrong, and they knew that it was evil. You know what? And they knew the difference between good and evil there. You know what I would think would be awesome is walking with God physically. Because in the physically? next verse, it literally says, yeah. um, they heard the voice of the Lord of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. That would be amazing. Home dog was just on his like evening stroll. He was just like chill- chilling in the sure garden. I'm pretty sure he probably walked with Adam and Eve every day. He's probably like, all right, we got this plan, guys. Let's just go for a walk. Yeah. It's a nice little garden. We can walk through it. And he comes in, and he's like, uh-oh, where's Adam and Eve? But, I mean, Ooh, he's not like that, but, but he's, he already knows where they are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, yeah, he already knows. I mean, of course, he knows our past, future, present, you know, he knows everything. Well, yeah. But, you know. He was probably thinking, he, he, he probably saw it, and he was like, uh-oh. I think a confusing thing that me and your mom's talked about and your dad was, like, how God is basically outside of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he can see your present, your future, you know, before you mess up, when you mess up, after you mess up, after you and mess up, before you mess up. <laughs> if you think <laughs> about that. It's just like one of the most like, it like hurts your head to think about. Because if, if, if you think about it, if you, if you zoom out and you think about your life, you're trying to make this decision, you're thinking, God already knows what my plan is. Yeah, am I so gonna- if I choose this one decision, he already knows if I'm going or not. He's he already like, yeah. knows if I'm taking this job or not. He already knows what is good for me. If I'm going to eat that cookie and be me. fat. <laughs> <laughs> or if I don't and decide to be healthy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> something that I found interesting is while y'all were talking about that, I kind of like eyed down the page a little bit. I like to go back into this and look at Genesis 3, 11 through 13. Says, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I command you commanded you not to eat from the man said the woman you put here with me she gave me some fruit from the tree and i ate it there's the blame then the uh, yep accusations the, see, yep. See? accusations at each the other blame, now watch this yeah and then they go in 13 says then the lord god said to the woman what is this you have done the woman said the serpent deceived me and i ate see that's the deception yeah factor, he's just like yep but here's the here is the thing about this here's the trick about this 
if you if you think about it, they're blaming God. See? Yeah. Because if you think about it, Adam said, the woman you sent here to come comfort me yeah. just did this. She it's, did this to me. And then she said, the serpent you made con- um, deceived me. Either way, it's blaming God for it. And then you could also say somewhere they probably threw the God under the bus for putting a tree there in the first place. Yeah. The thing, and you gave us this tree. Why, I mean, why was that even there? <laughs> so that's the, that's the thing that comes down to what we were talking about earlier. It's like sin... There's so many things that cause us sin. Yeah. But one of the biggest factors, and even there in the beginning about sin, is blame. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of times we blame God for our sin. Because if we fall into temptation, like, well, God, you put that temptation there for us. And once again, goes back you to made what we the were bakeries, talking about. So yeah. They had cookies. <laughs> yeah, it goes about into what we were talking about earlier. Um, it's like, God will try us, and God will test us. And you look at these stories. When God tests us, he's testing us to see if we're going to obey him through everything. What I think is funny is at, um, Adam's saying, yeah, we're, we're naked. And God's like, wait, who told you you're naked? And he's probably like kicking himself. He's like, dang it, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> he's probably like, no, oh, I shouldn't uh, have said anything. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. Because God already knows. Yeah, God but, already knew what they were But just see. like the apple separated them from God, or not the apple, but, you know, the fruit. fruit. Yeah. Sorry, said Apple. The fruit, you know, basically separated from God. You know, now they get kicked out of the garden. You know, he's got to manually, you know, work the grounds, you know, till plant seeds. And they got to make their own food. Um, they have to make their own shelter. You know, they don't have God just doing everything for them like they did in the garden. You know, they probably regretted that later. They were like, man, my what? back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, my back hurts, you know. And you could find that as guilt. And that could have been the Holy Spirit, because you know, like you know, if we sin, we always have that guilt in us. Is what do they there's, call it? There's this guilty pleasure in your heart, and you kind of you you, you have this in your mind. You're thinking, why did I do this? Just yeah, it, what, what do they call it? It's why. called um a guilty yeah. pleasure. No, they call it something else. They call it um the Holy the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, conviction. Of the yeah, Holy it's conviction. Oh, That's conviction. It. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't find the word there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So. That was good. Do you guys want to move into another question? Now? Yeah, yeah, let's go what, for it. Yeah, because we, we're probably short, running short on time, aren't we? Yeah, a little bit. This yeah. will. This kind of goes into what we just talked about in the fall of Genesis. Yeah. The question is, should we forgive people who hurt us? Ooh, that's that's because a good one. the serpent hurt Adam and Eve, and they feel like God hurt them by that yeah so what are you guys opinion on this okay go ahead sorry this whole time i I haven't talked really okay this is what i got on this and i know we all suffer from this you know none of us are perfect yeah we think we forgive people but you also you know find yourself sometimes bringing those people up again be like well such and such did this to me the hatchet but dig it back up yeah it's 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 like that and it's like um it's like addicts. They they like drop alcohol, you know. You know some of these people. You know they can drop alcohol, drugs, or whatever for years, but then they'll be like remnants one day, and then all of a sudden they're relapsed again. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's how it is with us. I feel like when we forgive, say we forgive somebody, eventually it gets drugged back up again, and we're back to you know doubting on it again. Yeah. And well, the reason why we should forgive is because God forgave us first. Yeah. Yeah. For God, because. God uh, and this kind of goes back to the grace part yeah. again. Yeah. God gave us grace and He forgave us of our sins. God gave us grace and, so we can give grace. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what Jesus does too. We should be like 
we're as for because uh, of us Christians, we strive to be like Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus forgave everyone. Jesus didn't hate anyone, but everyone yeah. hated Jesus. That's yeah. That's the well. Yeah. yeah. Um, like a love hate relationship. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like we're supposed you. to strive to be godly, and to be godly. God has already told us how to live. God has told us to live as Christ lived. Yeah. And Christ loved everyone. Christ literally gave up his life so that we have an option to be saved by, yeah. by God. He gave he gave yeah. us eternal life yeah. to be with God. And, and that, that is, is and, love. <laughs> and that is man, I don't yeah. I mean, just can't like, explain who, it. Who would you die for, guys? If if like right now, like who would you guys die for? No one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Hang on, I remember our old youth pastor used to say, and I, remember, I bring this a lot because eventually I'm going to have him on here. So, Chris, if you're listening to this, you're, you're going to be on here one day. <laughs> he said one time, he's like, guys, I'll take this for you. He goes, I'll take a bullet for you because uh, I'll die instantly. Were you there that night? Yeah, I actually was there that night. He was, was, like, I'll take was, a, he was like, I'll take a bullet for you, but yeah. I am not hanging on a cross. You know, he goes, if it's if I'm going to die of pain, he goes, <laughs> he goes, I'll take a bullet for you. I'll, I'll die. It's quick. You know, I'll do this for you. I'll get in a car wreck for you. But he goes, I am not going to die on the cross for you. <laughs> I, do, I do remember that. Because <laughs> yeah. that is where I cut the line. <laughs> uh-huh. So, but I feel like, yeah, like you said, who are you going to die for? Which really has to show that God was truly self, uh, selfless, not yeah. selfish, <laughs> selfish. Yeah. He was selfless because, you know, who in the right mind comes to earth, tries to save all these people. Then he gets spit in his face. Then people are... Rejected. Harass him, and they they like cut it. What what was it? What they used on his back? The whip thingy. Uh, the the flogging. Yeah, that. Yeah. And basically, who would take all that pain and then hang on a cross? You know, when they breathed, he had to lift himself up to get air. Then he had to let himself back down. And he had to keep doing the same thing, and until eventually he died. Then they stabbed him in the side. Like, who wants to go through that much pain for somebody? Like, Sam, I'm, I'm a say my neighbor. You don't know my neighbors. I don't. So. <laughs> Would you die for my neighbors? I mean, it depends. It's like say you don't know them at all. If I don't know them at all, yeah, probably. But they absolutely hate you. Oh, like they um, they hate you, dude. Probably but, not. <laughs> that's but that's what Jesus was doing. Like yeah, that that's literally what Jesus was doing. And te- technically, after crucifixion, they actually, the Romans their job is to break the bones after. The yeah. person's dead, but they didn't do that because once they stabbed him, they're like, oh, he's already dead. I mean, water's pouring out. He's, he's, he's gone. Well, yeah, because it came to the point where the blood and water had split. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're like, oh, he's already dead. There's no need to break his bones, so we can just bury him as it is. Yeah. I think that another thing for forgiving people that hurt us is there's kind of a skill set's an interesting word to use here, but it's the word I'll use. There's kind of like a set of skills you need to have there. Like you said something about Christ being selfless. Yeah. I yeah. think we need a lot less of ourselves in our right. heart and we need a lot more of God in our heart. Yeah. We need a lot less of the selfishness of like this world and a lot more of like less godliness. Pride. Yeah, less, less pride. pride. Yeah. A lot of people are like, Oh, I won't forgive someone that hurt me because of my pride. It's like, well, we we do not need to have pride. Pride is a very evil thing to have for us. Yeah. I think yeah. another thing is like that you need to have is well, you have the mindset that God wants us to forgive everyone. Yeah. And you also want to have the mindset of this. You don't want to be a people pleaser, but you also want to be someone 
that most everyone can look at and be like, that is someone striving to live their godly life. And if we're over here arguing with people and having disputes with them and be like, yeah, we, we're, not, we're, not, we're having beef right now. Yeah. Some people can look at that and be like, well, is that person... Like, take a pastor, for example. If a pastor is having... Let's say he's a sibling. Because, you know, siblings fight a lot. If you, see the pa- <laughs> you see the pastor in public and he's with his older brother. It's like, they're yelling at each other. It's like, whoa, that guy's the pastor of a church. It's like, we... That guys, yeah. that's the... Because what happens is the world yeah. paints that as picture. Yeah. This is what Christianity is. Yeah, it's like, they oh, are it's They always argue. They always debate against each other. There's there's no peace within them. So why would we even want that? That's exactly. That's exactly what this book is saying right here. It's Cold Case uh, Christianity. Oh, Cold Case Christianity. Love that book. It, it's been really good so far. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that's what it's saying the entire time in the book. It's basically the guy, he's like, what? he's an atheist. You're going to have to credit me if I'm wrong. I haven't really fully read it. Yeah, yes. So he's like an atheist, and he has to like find his way to do these cases but eventually how do you hate you put it? he's like deciphering Christianity is real yeah yes he, he kind of reads he's the looking gospels. at it the detectives point he, of view yeah. he looks at the different paragraphs in the wording too the texture yeah. of the book and so one of the nights the your mom was like she asked somebody and she was like well how do you see you know the a pastor at a church and she was like because he's he's her boss and she goes well he goes how does she say it I don't. I can't. It's, it's whenever she asked, "What's her name?" About um, it was basically the opposite of yeah. what Miss Christie said. <laughs> yeah, it was the exact opposite. And she was like, "Well, I would see him as a little bit of a bully, a little oh, bit of this, a no. little bit of that." What Iris said. Oh, I yeah. see her as a. Uh, I can't remember what the, she described him as, but uh, yeah, but, she, but, she, but she said it like she, yeah, she was like encouraging. I see him as uplifting. Yeah, but and then Miss Christie's like, "Well, haha, you know, I don't see him as that. You know, he's my older brother, yeah, or younger brother. I don't know who's older, but." She was like, "I we're gonna see them in a two different perspectives, and I, that's how Christianity is. Because as Christians, we see uh, Christianity as like we see it as normal, but I think from another outsider position, which is something I've had to put myself into for working at Chick Fil A, because I've met a lot of people that have had bad things that have happened to them in the church, and they see you know the church as a cult, you could yeah. say. And now that I've put myself in their shoes, I'm like, well, I understand now because they don't under they they've never had a good impression of the church. All they've had is bad ones, and they can think we're all bad. Yeah. And forgiveness is also based on, don't get me wrong, also based on your personality and characteristic, yeah. because you everyone's born with a specific personality and characteristic. Like Mr. Tough Guy. Char- everyone's based on a uh, basic characteristic, and people can be nicer than other people, and. If you guys have ever taken the Enneagram test, if you guys don't know what that is, it's basically a personality test. Yeah. But there's different ones like perf- perfectionist, the peacemaker, um, uh, the melancholy. It's like different names they give for different personalities. But they all have this, um, yeah, they all have these different personalities. And when you take your number and you look at your number. And uh, I mean, my Enneagram number is nine. I'm a peacemaker. So it, it might it might be harder for me to forgive somebody than um than someone else who is has a much more bigger anger um, anger issue. Like yeah, anger I think another way we need to look into forgiveness as if we don't forgive other people, we gotta see it as how would we feel if God didn't forgive us? Yeah, because we God forgives us if we seek forgiveness from Him. So if people come and seek forgiveness from us, then we should forgive them. It's like we should forgive others just as God forgave us. Yeah, because see. Everything God does is for a reason. God is the 
like in like even Jesus. Jesus is the model, you know, lifestyle that we should live. If pe- if someone walked up Role to Jesus, like, forgive me for I've sinned, Jesus says, Go, your sins are forgiven. So Jesus Catholic Is there ever a case in the gospels where someone says, Lord, please forgive me for I've sinned, and Jesus says, No, die in hell. It's like have you I don't remember reading any of that. It's like when yeah. people seek forgiveness from Jesus, Jesus forgave them. And that's how yeah. we should seek forgiveness and, and forgive others and yeah. seek to forgive others. It's just forgiveness is such a big topic. Yeah. I, I feel like it's such a big topic. Um and and you need to <laughs> I love this um part in the Bible where it talks about Peter and, and is with Jesus and is like disciples with Jesus and Peter kind of talking to Jesus back and forth. He said, Lord, uh, should I forgive this guy seventy like uh, seven times uh, yeah. seven times? And he's like, No, you should actually forgive him seventy seven times. Yeah. Or and don't even do that. Keep on forgiving. Yeah, you can never forgive someone yeah. too many times. Yeah, just keep on forgiving. Because in the part, re- the real big the thing to drive us home here, the reason why we should forgive people is because we are all, we are not all, we are all imperfect. Here you go. We are not all perfect. We all just, we just all, like we're just not perfect. We're yeah. in a broken world full of broken people with only one person, um, with only one person who can forgive us. And, and wait, with one person who is Lord of all, who forgave us yes. and sent his sons to die on, on, on the cross, and that is God and Jesus Christ. Yes. And, well, technically they're the same person. But. Yeah, three and one. <laughs> yeah, three and one. Trinity. Yeah. The, but he forgives us, and he's the only person that's perfect in this world. No one is perfect. Yep, and that that's one. why we need to keep on forgiving if people. If you claim to be perfect, well, guess what, buddy, <laughs> old pal? <laughs> <laughs> you just <laughs> well, I think it'll bring us into one of our final questions, probably. Probably. Okay. Should we love everyone? So, what do you guys think on that topic? I think that once again goes to the lifestyle of Jesus. Jesus gave his life on the cross so that because he loved everyone and because he. Wanted us to be saved. Yeah, kind of. He didn't um, give. He didn't give his life just for the disciples. He didn't give his life just for people that followed him. But he gave his life for everyone so that we can be saved. That one verse that says, "Love your neighbors and pray for those who persecute you." Yeah, yeah. So, so not only do you love the pe- your neighbors and love your friends, but you love those who persecute you. Love thy enemy. You know. Yeah. I know we're trying to wrap this up and all, um, but you can kind of say that towards the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Uh, think about it like this um, it's people, like if we want people to come into the knowledge of christ and to come into salvation we can't be like oh my gosh i can't believe you lgbt mm, people yeah that is so wrong we can be like you're wrong but we can do it in a godly manner we, yeah. where we are also showing love towards them and showing love towards christ yeah. because the goal as the church is to show the love that God has stored up inside of us and to pour out that love into others to bring them into the church. We bring them into the community. We yeah. don't we don't judge them because yeah. the community and like, doesn't judge. Yeah. yeah. And like and like I said earlier earlier, people see us as judge mm-hmm. um, they see us as judged, not yeah. particularly as people who love other people. And sometimes people these people that do LGBTQ they either grew up with it or they don't actually know anything about God. They just they just don't even know what to do with their lives. So they think a lot of people are all into this and we should do this. But you got to love 
you gotta love people. You can't not just. You can't. I mean, you can't just get mad at them because some people they don't even have that experience. They just they lived up. They lived in an ungodly society, and they do not know what to do with themselves. Because thing, because love is what makes people want to experience freedom. It's like this: the reason that. I'm like so happy and I'm so filled with joy. It's because the love of God. It's because God's love in my life. It just brings me joy and it just brings me freedom. So that's why, like, I personally, that's why I personally love being a a Christian, love being a part of the church. So I think that's how we got to bring people into the church through love. So we we need to love everyone. And love doesn't mean like, you know, walking up, you're hugging them, you're kissing them and stuff. Hey, buddy. But love means you're not intentionally judging them. You're not intentionally being mean to them because they're not part of the church. Because we we want everyone to be part of the church. So we got to bring them into it through love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Yep. Exactly. So well. I think this is coming into the end of the episode. Um, I just want to say thank you for listening. Wanna, I'll close it with uh, this. Oh, you want to close it with something real quick? I, I enjoy I enjoyed having you guys. This, guys, this was fun. <laughs> this brings it in. Uh, right, this is actually Sam's new podcast. Actually, yeah, this, wait, what? This is actually your podcast. This isn't <laughs> yes, our podcast sir. anymore. So this is what I feel. Just take the keys. Love has like <laughs> called us to do. This kind of goes along with serving. This is Romans ten thirteen through 14. It says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So that Sad. boils under love. It's like, how can they how can they call on the one they have not believed in? Well, how can they believe in God? Or why would they want to believe in God if the church wants to persecute them or the church wants yeah. to call them out for their wrongdoings. But we can call them out, but we can call them out in a way that we Can't love be them. Like, bad boy. Yeah, he's not okay. bad, 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 we can, wrong, wrong, wrong. We have to love them and yeah. love them in a godly way and explain to them in a godly way godly way what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. We don't we can call people out, but it's not for us to judge people. Yeah, because Bible that's, says don't judge. That's that's not us. Yeah. It's that's the Bible's job. That's yeah. God's job. That mm-hmm. that's because once they read the Bible, they get a better understanding of it. Then they can say, "Wow, I didn't even know about this. I, I, I don't even know what to say." And that's what that's that's kind of like um, what's the word? Uh, I I have to think about it later. A real a realization point. Yeah, them. yeah, and that's the word. Uh, they it, it comes to them in their mind and. Um, so if you, if you, okay, yeah, that, it's a realization point, <laughs> so I gotta say, <laughs> yeah. but people, you gotta love people, yeah, and love as a everybody. Christian, you gotta pour your love, because, we can love sh- people, we can't love their actions, yeah, because here's, and you want to reflect it, because you want, we want to show them who God is, mm-hmm. we don't want to show them who we are, we want to show them we want to sh- reflect God through us, so yeah. we have to be loving to them in order to see who God is. And I and I get, I think that's it for tonight. Yeah, I think. Yeah. In Eli? closing, I'd like to say this was a wonderful episode, and we're <laughs> definitely gonna have to get Sam on here more often. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe we can get him as a permanent member of the team. Uh, yeah, this member. has been a really this has been a really good episode. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Love you yes. Next next is your parents. Your parents got to come on here with you. Oh yeah, your brother that's, with you. Uh, yeah, we have to prepare for like a two-hour episode. <laughs> oh, I'll be ready. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, well, it's going to be more like a lecture than an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, be ready. 
That didn't come from me, Miss Christy. It came from your son. Uh, she probably doesn't care. <laughs> all right. Thank y'all for listening. This has been a good episode. Thank you, Sam, for coming on. Yeah, sure thank you, Noah, for always being my co-host. As always. All righty. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Yep. See you guys. Yeah.